Hey guys, Rick here from the Mobile Hunter Podcast, and I'm here to tell you about one of our sponsors, Saddies LLC, Custom Ammunition and Gunworks. Aaron Satterfield and his family have been turning out some awesome game loads that have been putting down deer, waterfowl, and turkey all year long. The Saddies Fatty, the turkey load that we use, can stop a bird dead in its tracks. Check them out at saddiesllc.com. That's S-A-T-T-I-E-S-L-L-C.com. Or on Facebook at Saddies LLC. And tell them the Mobile Hunter Podcast sent you. Recurve buck down, baby. Oh my gosh, that was freaking awesome. This is my first public land buck. This is my second set of the season. I can't believe. Oh my gosh, I just heard him fall. I just heard him fall. Uh. I just shot my Kentucky buck. Going into plans for this year, right? Yeah. Yes, we're going to go into plans this year. <laughs> plans, what people can expect from the podcast, YouTube expos. Did you say? Of the expos. Did you say whoop? There it is too. Whoop! Whoop! You raising the roof? <laughs> Welcome I, to I the Mobile Hunters Podcast. Uh, that's a different name than what you guys are used to, and that is because we have consolidated under one umbrella with our media youtube and with one of our biggest things the expo so it is still the same three great hosts well two great one sucks his name's josh luck um chris and rick are here though and we're great so how you doing josh doing good i was just trying to raise the roof and pump you guys up and now you're putting me down <laughs> Got to shove you down. Got to sh- got to got to <laughs> shove the roof down. No, no, no. So let's let's go ahead and start this over, and we're going to call it the real name, which is the Singular Hunter, the Mobile <laughs> Hunter Podcast. Uh, we right. found on Spotify or Apple, and we had this conversation. We had this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my fault. The Mobile Hunter Podcast. <laughs> We are the Mobile Hunter Podcast. See, we we guys, we were literally just talking about this before we got on here that we were going to screw this up at least once or twice. Oh yeah. So when you go to uh, when you go to Spotify, when you go to Apple, when you go to wherever our pot where you, you uh, find podcasts, um, the Mobile Hunter Podcast uh, it can be found. You'll know it by the new logo. It is the logo from the expo. Uh, it's just a black screen with uh, with our logo in the middle of it. And we're real excited about this. Uh, we're we pared down a lot, but it's we we went to what our bread and butter is, which is whitetail. We talk about it um, as much as I love to talk fishing and that kind of stuff. We just like it never comes up because we don't do enough of it. I don't think anymore to warn it we we spend most of the time deer hunting except for the two trips a year rick i'm sorry no no your vacations though yeah my 50 vacations or my two trips mexico alaska (laughs) and japan no 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 i've not been there yet but uh, but we uh that's my brother but we uh we're only going to take a break from whitetails and that's to 
talk thunder chickens in the spring and that's because uh they're still mobily hunted and that's that's the best part about turkey hunting really is is chasing birds up and down hills mm-hmm. but that's in uh we'll, we'll get into that in march april and uh tail that off in may but for right now we want to catch everybody up so that that's where we're at and why when you had this load on your uh screens this week on your phones or whatever that's why everything looks different that's why things sound different but uh you'll notice uh a couple different things coming up and um yeah i'm I'm excited about all this i'm pretty pumped man i think it was a good move like you said we talk about whitetails constantly unless it's about to be turkey season or during turkey season and then rick's two to four fishing trips a year like <laughs> me me and josh have got to go fishing a couple times we just don't get out to do it i am going to do it more this year and we might do a little what, what like a like a speed series a bonus podcast or something on some some wipers or you know whatever i get out yeah to sling a rod at but uh at the end of the day mobile hunting is our bread and butter I think it's what we're known for, and I think we need to know our strengths and or what we want to be our strengths and uh, stick with it. Absolutely. It just makes things a lot more recognizable um, for everyone. Um, when they see the logo, they'll, they'll know, like, oh, those are the same guys that do the Mobile Hunters Expo, same guys that do the Mobile Hunter podcast, same guys that run the Mobile Hunter Facebook, same guys that run the Mobile Hunter YouTube. Right, it just... Like Rick said, it consolidates everything. It makes it a lot easier for everyone to kind of follow along with everything we have going on and what we're doing. So it just made sense. Yeah. So the big thing that we wanted to kind of touch on tonight is year end 2023 and going into 2024 and kind of new goals like we do every year when we start this. And to be, uh, to, to kind of look back at this, this is season five of the podcast. Which is which, which is hard to believe um, that we've been doing this for five years. Um, more seriously, the past two versus the previous three. You know, we launched this during the middle of or right at the start of COVID. Really, literally, like, mm-hmm. literally, like the week that COVID started. And and you know that that's <laughs> we're glad that's over. Um, and we're we're taking this to a different place, but. Uh, we wanted to kind of we we alluded to this in the Jacob Scleaner episode where we had some highlights from last year, but also some boneheaded moves that all of us have kind of participated in during hunting and goals we didn't meet. And we wanted to start out fresh with new goals that we have for this year. So uh, whichever one of you wants to start with wrapping up your 2023 uh, and then we'll just kind of go through them and then we'll we'll go to goals for this next year. Take it away, Josh. All right, I'll go first. So I'll try and make my wrap up pretty quick. Um, starting off the 2023 season, I I had a goal going into that season of just you know more boots to the ground, more scouting. I, I've you know been finding out that the more I walk and the more I pay attention to everything, the more I'm learning and the more consistency I'm finding. So um, I did scout more than i had in previous years um i was keeping track of mileage at one point and then i kind of stopped uh, i might have been around the 60 or 70 mile mark um no i, I want to say it was around the 
actually it was the 50 or 60 mile mark is when I stopped. I probably done 70 or so um, by the time season come around. Um, but that was good. I hadn't, I hadn't done that that much scouting or walking before in 2024. Uh, I plan to do more. I'll get into that here in a little bit, but did a bunch of postseason scouting, went into turkey season. Uh, I had a, my best turkey season to date. I got three birds on the ground. Hell yeah, you did. Yeah. I, um, and I completed what, what's locally known as the tri-state trifecta. So we're in kind of the Ohio Valley, Rickson, Kentucky, but we're in that kind of Cincinnati region. So you have Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana kind of all right there. It's it's the tri-state, right? So usually when if someone kills like whitetail in all three or a turkey in all three, they kind of have self-named it the tri-state trifecta. So and that's what I was able to complete during turkey season. Go ahead and bleep that location out, Rick. <laughs> People don't know where I was hunting. I wasn't that's, hunting anywhere uh, close to the tri-state. Roughly. What? Eight minutes in is when you need to bleep our location <laughs> that Josh just it off. People know where we said where we lived before. I don't say shit. <laughs> anyway, I completed what was called the tri-state trifecta, uh, where you kill a turkey in Ohio, Indiana, and Kentucky. Um, the first time I had done that, that was I was pretty... It's pretty awesome. I got to share a uh, hunt in Kentucky with Chris. I got to kill a bird uh, with him uh, in Indiana. I killed a bird with Tyler Westall. Uh, so that was pretty awesome. Um, and then I kind of went solo in Ohio and got one down. Um, so that was my turkey season. And then going into deer season, I was, I was able to get a deer down in Ohio. Uh, my first actually my first public land buck in Ohio, um, I was able to harvest. Uh, I fell short of my goal of killing two bucks this year. I didn't kill a, a deer in Kentucky. That was part of my bonehead moves kind of mistake. I usually like to have kind of a deer narrowed down uh, to kind of go after or a deer in a certain area to kind of hone in on and target. And I just, I didn't do that this year. And that was my own fault. I, I think I bounced around too much. Um, but yeah, so part of my scouting that I had talked about was what led to my success in Ohio, new area. Um, it was actually my third hunt in that area and I was able to get a deer on the ground. Um, so that was pretty much my season. I killed three, three turkeys, killed a buck, got a buck on the ground. So overall pretty stellar season in, in my opinion. And wet waders too from a duck hunt. Yes, I, I did a duck hunt for the first time with Chris. I borrowed waders from Rick. Rick was kind enough to let me borrow his neoprene waders. And uh, Chris and I were setting up, and I was going to wade out in this river and set up the decoys. <laughs> and it was actually deeper. Uh, I guess we were in like a tributary, I guess you could call it. Um, but it was actually deeper than what we had thought. I kept going and going and it hadn't really rained. And I was like, man, this is getting higher than I thought. It was getting up to like above my belly button for sure. And as I'm getting out there, I feel my foot, my left foot was getting cold. And I was like, why is my left leg getting cold? I was, I was moving my, my toes around. I was like, oh my God, like it's wet. Like there's a hole somewhere in here. 
So Chris told me to come back and I got back and my left uh, foot stayed wet that morning. It was cold too. It was, I was to say it was not a warm morning and I, 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 uh, I appreciate you finding that out for me and me <laughs> not having to be the one to find out that my, my duck waders are, are have a hole in them. Yeah. It was, I don't know, in the low thirties, I think. Uh, yeah. Every bit of it. Yeah. Every bit of it. It was pretty chill. Yeah, it was cold. Yeah. We, we had, um, like all the moisture throat, like uh, anything that got on metal immediately froze mm-hmm. any moisture at all it was crazy we had ice all over our guns and everything which i don't get that experience in january when i'm duck hunting normally keep going yeah but no that was that's pretty much my wrap up uh we, we did not get any ducks that morning uh unfortunately and i haven't been out since then uh but that's been that was my 2023 season overall a success i definitely want to build upon that going into this year 2024 um i would like, call that more than just a success too like obviously you yeah. like didn't get to go target a giant or anything like that i get that but i mean take away deer season that is a hell of a turkey season yeah i was pretty proud I, of yeah i season. didn't have a turkey season like that until like 2022 like a year prior basically so that and i'm not you know name a southern iconic turkey hunter i can't remember any of them right now but i'm not will primos but i've turkey hunted a good bit Mm -hmm. i have not i've not got to travel out of state a lot but you are an extremely new turkey hunter Walked in a really good situation. We've got to learn together on a lot of stuff. Yeah, but pretty fortunate in that aspect. Three uh, birds in a year is nothing to sneeze at. I want to say, when did, when did I finish school? I guess 20. 2019 is really when I started to get into turkey hunting. Mm-hmm. Like more oh. like instead of just occasionally like actually going out enjoying it and actually yeah going to hunt and target birds that's right you came with me and luke yeah i'm pretty sure it uh that would have been 2020 actually that you came with me. that would have been 2021 2021 what it was the year after because that was when uh josh waved at the guy walking by him uh (laughs) in kentucky um since then me me and him and luke went up yes north yeah oh yeah that's During right because it was right. right after me and luke took came down out. to kentucky Talk. yeah so, so since then i've killed what i killed three in this past season i killed at least one last i killed two the season prior did you you, you didn't get a kentucky bird so no, no. you got one in ohio you came close though that was when you and pierce had that rope dragger that's right uh so in the past three years i've killed five birds that's pretty damn good dude yeah i know a lot of people that go a lot of years without even killing turkeys and even having opportunities like and again doesn't make us professionals or anything like that but if i had to pick a somebody on my team to go get a bird like you're up there like that's not 
three birds in a year is good, especially when you count that uh, two of them were on public land. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that it is. I chalk it up to having good teachers. I I wouldn't. I will not disagree with you. Scouting <laughs> buddies will say as well. Hunting buddies. But at the same rate, that's, you know, I don't mean to get cheesy or anything like that, but that's part of this thing. Like, you can go be a cool, tough guy on your own. All right. Well, guess what? We learned a shitload from Shane Simpson and Shane Parker and Jacob and Andrew from the Southern Outdoorsmen. Yep a lot of other people and i've got a whole slew of people i'm excited to pick the brains of this year we put a lot of work in together so it's not it's not like you know you just went and sat in somebody's lap and killed a bird or something like that um and i would say that the gentleman you hunted with in uh, indiana you probably helped out a little bit we'll say here and there with advice and everything like turkey hunting doesn't just happen it's it's all about decision making too, which I was so pumped to hear your story. I don't mean to go off on a tangent here, but when I talked to Josh about the bird that he killed, we had scouted birds to the point where we literally like I missed my shot because I'm a screw up, but we literally nearly killed two birds without making a call. Right. Off the roost. So that to me is like like, I don't know if you can get better than that. That's that's like if well, I you have that bird, <laughs> you have less than a twenty percent chance if a, of killing a bird off the roost. Like now math, go to public land. Now go to public land, and that that, yeah. that make I guarantee it shrinks down even more. And, and now don't make a sound and try to try to literally have those birds land in your lap and you blow their head off. That is extremely difficult. And I enjoy calling turkeys, but I think there's something to be said for scouting and being able to put yourself in yeah. position because at the end of the day i ain't trying to make this any harder than it already is but with that said when josh described what happened and the birds started to walk over the hill i hear so many stories from people that just makes me want to slam my head into a wall where they're like well i didn't know and i'm like you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take the birds weren't 90 yards they were what 40 something 40. Like, yeah. like that with a free sorry rick that's 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 a romping that's a wild driver with a 20 gauge with Aaron's nine. Like that's a dead right. bird all day. So again, unless you're Chris, but um, at 40 yards. I'll we'll get to, we'll get, we'll get to your year here in a second. But it was so cool when he was like, that one went over the hill and I wasn't happy with the second. <laughs> he freaking blew him up. I was like, that's awesome. So something to be proud of. And then, you know, deer season, Things didn't go your way in Kentucky. You know, I know how that went. And then Ohio, you know, your dad's place wasn't working out. And you said, okay, watch this. Hold my beer. And you went out. You got a really nice, respectable buck. We've been super honest about it. Yes, it was a three-year-old. No, that's not something you're always going for. But you got to take what the defense gives you. And if all you got to hunt is a three-year-old buck, sorry, Captain. Mm -hmm. You're going to yep. die. <laughs> some promise or something like that but i mean that's what he had he's got a new i think that's what people don't take into account is like josh has got a new kid you know he's just turned one, one. Like, yeah he's 14 months now yeah so he, he like a just turned one basically um he's going to be the center for ohio state one day <laughs> or you see but um 
you know, being able to go out on public land and put a respectable buck down, like to make a decision and just go do it on, what was that? Your second sit on public? Third. That was, that was my third on that piece. Third, sorry. Third sit <laughs> on public land. And he started hunting public land in two, uh, two, uh, this year was my third year hunting public. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I know a lot of guys that have hunted it for 20 years and can't do that, mm-hmm. you know, so pretty cool. Rick, how about your season, dude? Um, my season, I feel like for all the kind of roller coaster ups and downs of it went pretty well. Um, so I, <laughs> my, my kid came to me early in the year, said he wanted to turkey hunt. <clears throat> so I went about it the way that I was taught. Uh, I took him out. We listened for birds. We went to uh, a buddy's farm who's nice enough to where he lets you and I hunt, Chris. Love uh, you, Bruce. Yeah, love you, Bruce. <laughs> um, and we got to we got to go listen to birds. It was awesome. Uh, my son thought it was this wonderful experience. So we got to go hunt uh, turkeys. And this is a series. There, there was a series of of things that happened this year that were very big learning moments that I feel both frustrated with but i i'm I'm grateful that they happen because they like this stuff happens for a a good a good reason um my son had a turkey come in because uh at nine o'clock i ripped a call while i went out to go take a leak and the bird was 40 yards behind the blind and came in at full strut run or almost at full strut running and it would have been the biggest bird uh that i had ever killed let alone that he will ever kill and it's you know, it's kind of a telltale thing of dad not knowing to put decoys in certain spots and rushing a shot. And luckily it missed the bird and we learned from that experience. But we went to Ohio the following weekend. <clears throat> I gave up opening day of turkey for myself to go hunt turkey with my son in Ohio with my dad. And we were able to call in a bird. And my son got a shot and absolutely stoned it. And it was, you know, one of the coolest moments as a, you know, as a father you can ever have. I, I really feel like there, there's certain things I'm sure throughout his life I'll feel, you know, proud of stuff. But that that was just a cool moment of being able to share that uh, me with him and then my dad with it. It was a, a really big Jake. Um, you know, he, he came in, he waited, you know, he practiced so much with his 410 and it, it was it was awesome. And I think the following day was when you and I, Chris, went down to the farm where uh, Harrison <laughs> missed the bird, and I set up in the exact same place. And you'll get you'll get to your part of it, but um, I, I was able to call birds in from probably close to 250 yards away, and just work them in and. Uh, Realized that my depth perception and watching birds probably needs to get a little bit better. I let him get probably a little too close for the type of gun and the type of shell that I was using. Um, Are you still using a 12 gauge? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, 
Oh yeah. Uh, re- I want to reach out and touch those birds. Um, at 150 yards. Uh, not, I don't do that. People don't, don't listen to me say that, but, um, I, 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 I said this on an, on a different podcast. I could hear the birds feet on the ground. And then I realized, Oh man, these birds are like at 20 yards. Um, and the blood spray on my, my decoy proved that. And so I was able to get a bird, uh, down in Kentucky. Uh, I count my son's bird. It's like a family bird. Cause you know, I, I did not buy a Turkey, uh, tag until the fall, which I'll get to here in a little bit. I didn't, I didn't spring hunt in Ohio. I wanted to put all my effort into getting my son a bird. And that's, that's where my heart really kind of lied. Um, and then, uh, after Turkey season, I really, uh, didn't with I me. Mean, we were so busy with the expo. I, I fished a little bit, um, no big monumental fish or anything like that. Like I have had in years past, but I made the decision to scout differently this, uh, this past year and, and do some things differently on the piece of public and piece of private that I hunt in Ohio, as well as the piece of public in Kentucky. And I'd made a promise to myself that I wasn't going to hunt, you know, a stationary stand or a blind in Kentucky at all. I was going to hunt nothing but mobile sits every time I went out. I had a real nice buck on camera. And then I had another, I had a couple of nice bucks on camera on a property that I hunt. However, uh, I could never, I could never get it to work. I, I hunted um, multiple times. Uh, I've got great turkey areas for, for, for this spring uh, in Kentucky, but deer season uh, in Kentucky was a lull through the first couple months. I spent my time really kind of looking at Ohio and I wanted to give it a real good try on hunting public in Ohio. And, um, it just swung and missed multiple times, not, not at deer, but just could not get on deer, had tons of sign and it it didn't work out, but I learned a lot. And, and the things that I learned a lot about were, uh, that areas that you think people aren't at, there's people still moving through them, whether you'd like to believe it or not. Um, (laughs) uh my 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 cameras will tell you that uh you know even if they're not hunting deer they're hunting ginseng which (laughs) um i got a laugh about uh and black walnuts i i was i was unaware that was another learning lesson that people going and they collect black walnuts still um and ohio just didn't go well like i didn't see any deer there but um I kind of also devoted to taking my son and getting him ready because he said he wanted to hunt a deer. We learned that he does not like morning deer hunting. He is an evening deer hunter. Uh, he likes seeing deer and not 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 seeing deer. It's easy for a seven-year-old to kind of get in that mindset. <clears throat> but I would say that the biggest thing that I did was on the buck, I, I, the, my biggest learning moment and kind of thing that I take away from my last season is, is what happened during my deer hunt that we talked about a couple podcasts ago. And that's, you know, shooting a deer, wounding it, uh, and making sure equipment is right. And, you know, not, not allowing yourself to take an easy way in and out of the woods. You know, I was packing that gun in on my backpack versus carrying it in, making some dumb decisions, but I'm overall, I was able to recover the deer the following day because someone was nice and was able to show kindness towards me and me, you know, 
making sure that I had a plan in place that if this wasn't going to happen, I wanted to make sure I gave it every bit of my effort to go recover that deer and recover that animal. And, you know, I used every bit of woodsmanship that I could ever think of to try to find it. And luckily it, it came in handy that day. So that, that was kind of the tail end of my season. Uh, I didn't muzzleloader hunt this year, which I never, it literally ended this, uh, you know, a, a few, whenever this comes out, it ends, it ends in January in Ohio. It's usually my favorite hunt of the year. It was horrific weather, shit weather, um, rain and gross and gun season. <clears throat> I don't, uh, I didn't have, I didn't have a deer in range, saw plenty, but they just, they wouldn't close the gap on it. But I learned a lot and, you know, I, I think that that's, that's the biggest piece out of all this that I can take from, from my last season is, is just like taking the time and learning. And I've spent a lot of time with my kids in the outdoors, which is extremely important to me and uh, getting them, you know, out fishing and hunting and enjoying it as much as I do. So Chris, what about you? We know we, we've already, we know the biggest part of it. Yeah. I, um, going to be a tough season to really touch for me. I, I would say that that's one of those where you, know, you kind of got to like, uh, bring yourself down to reality and say, probably not, you know, we're going to strive to have something like this happen, but probably not going to have another year like that. Uh, started off. So I'll, I'll just go into the very end of deer season. So last weekend of deer season, um, I went out trying to kill a doe. I think I had the trophy line onyx. I was trying to do a deer hunt from and maybe like their Venatic or something. I was just trying to do a, a cool review and a deer hunt, shoot a doe, shot this doe, thought I made a good shot. She runs, beds down, and then I get down and like she's gone. And I tracked and tracked and tracked her. I fell that night and just railed my arm. It was rough. So I came back the next evening with our buddy Jeff and we tracked that deer for miles and found her and the coyotes had got to her and shredded her. So I kind of ended that year with a deer that I didn't technically get to recover. I, I tracked her, you know, we found her, but we didn't get the meat and that, you know, to me, that's a failure. Yeah. So it was really tough. Um, then we started scouting season and and my goal for the year was to scout, you know, way more than I ever had. I, I wanted to do over a hundred miles, which is a lot compared to what I've done. You know, you talk to a guy like Jake Bush or something like freaking freaking nature, you know, <laughs> doing five hundred plus miles every year. So um I wanted to set a goal for over a hundred miles and I just wanted to be a better woodsman and man we went with him and Corey. me and josh did and scouted kentucky and i scouted indiana with my father-in-law scouted missouri and illinois with my father-in-law um scouted some more of kentucky and ohio with josh and aaron satterfield i mean just scouted my ass off man and um kind of started to figure a few things out with it I think, and um, we roll into turkey season, and really, I guess I should 
kind of hit on what we talked about. And, you know, right before Turkey season, we're interviewing all these people on this podcast. And I'm just like, I was pretty confident in my turkey hunting skills. Um, and I'm talking to people like, holy shit, man, like these guys, like my mind is melting next to me. Like, this is crazy. You know, talking about uh, locating a, a bird through like triangulating mm-hmm. the sound and everything on an, on an app uh, with Shane Simpson. And then, um, you know, learning about knob gobblers from Jacob and Andrew and <laughs> uh, pun intended. Uh, and then... Uh, who else did we interview? I mean, we talked to Jacob Emery constantly, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just talking to all these guys and learning what we did was just phenomenal. And then I, I start scouting for turkeys and um, I think Josh might've been there every time or damn near. And like we rolled up on some spots and, you know, one, I had found a couple years back. I was like, man, I just like every time we go through there, there's turkeys roosted there. And then, you know, we roll in there and like we're feeling the after gobble vibrations in our chest from these mm-hmm. birds. Uh, you know, they're spitting and drumming on the limb and gobbling their asses off. And they just they showed us everything you'd ever want to see. So then we go back there. And Josh makes his shot, and I don't, like an idiot. You know, we could have doubled without making a damn sound. Our scouting was that good. And again, you know, I know everybody loves to call turkeys and all that, but, like, they gobbled and did everything they needed to on their own. I just missed, and I didn't have to call. I took a lot of pride in that. And then I think we left to go meet up with some of the Latitude guys for a little turkey camp. Mm -hmm. And uh, Man, pressure was up. Uh, It was rough. Um, did not see or hear a bird. I don't think that that day. And so we were like, yeah, let's, let's blow this popcorn stand. And I went back and, um, watched my daughter play volleyball that day, actually. And so we roll into Kentucky a little more. I hunted with you. Mm -hmm. I call some birds in right off the roost starting to get the hang of the mouth call a little bit call them i'm a friction call guy uh by trade i guess or whatever i've always used them and felt comfortable and miss the damn bird again like what in the hell is your problem and then i hear you know five minutes later whatever boom i'm like oh cool okay at least rick got one you know like screw him but awesome (laughs) like damn what if we had a double like that? Okay, here we go again. So, but got to share that with you. And I think that was kind of a tough morning because I'd lost my grandfather that yep. week and I could only hunt for like two hours or something stupid and had to go to his, uh, his celebration of life. So, you know, I go put my slacks on, you know, we take some pictures of your bird and then I go, you know, celebrate his life with my family. And then I came back. I forget what day. Actually, I think it might have been the very next day. It was like a shitty day to turkey hunt. It was. Overcast, windy, just terrible out cold. I was like, man, I'm going to I'm gonna just shoot down there. You know, <laughs> Bruce said it was fine. Dude, I'm freaking making it through the pasture field, and I seen that bird take off running and lowered the boom on him and 
we won't talk about yardages with the saddies and the 20 gate, but let's just say Mark Wahlberg ain't got shit on me with that gun. <laughs> so uh, we get, let's see, we get into uh, Indiana. I meet Jacob Emery. And, and like, he gives me all these pins to go listen for birds and I'm listening and like, I heard a bird in one spot, but there were people everywhere. Indiana opened on like a Wednesday or something stupid, like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It was middle of the week. I'm pretty sure it was a Wednesday. My father-in-law watched the kids and I literally have that day. You can hunt all day there. Thank God. But I have that day. And I bought an Indiana turkey license, which is kind of expensive because you don't get to hunt anything else with it. It's for turkeys only. I'm like, man, when the hell am I going to make it back to Indiana? You know, so I link up with him. There are people all over from the south and the north in Indiana listening for birds everywhere. And I'm like, well, I know what's going to happen tomorrow. I'm going to see a lot of people. Dude, we didn't see anybody. We beat everybody to our parking spot which we take a lot of pride in here and <laughs> it took us a little while though to hear a bird and i'm freaking out because he's like yeah i've been watching this and hearing that and blah 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 and i'm like shit man so we start walking and we get on some birds and because the foliage had kind of you know really came on pretty good um we thought the birds were further than what they actually were Cause you go from like no leaves and hearing birds from pretty far off to all of a sudden the leaves are on in like, you know, five to 10 days. And it's like, Oh crap. You know, that he's not as far as you think. And so we spooked the original birds and then we got on one right away. And that damn thing, we tried to call him down. We tried to call him to the side. We tried to call him up. We couldn't get him to budge off that bench. So I adjusted the turret and <laughs> for those that shoot a rifle long, range, you understand that joke, but, um, killed a bird at very, very, very long range, longest range shot I've ever made. And it was with 20 gauge number nines from yours, truly saddies, fatties. Uh, then we hear another boom, get a phone call. His buddy shot one and it's like nine o'clock in the morning. And then he's like, hey, there's more birds over here. So we go over there and we start calling. And sure enough, four turkeys gobble at us. They had a they had a mega hatch of two-year-olds, I'm convinced. And so we go over there and Jacob calls these birds in. And the whole time, you two know me, these birds come in and they're at like, 40 or 50 or something I couldn't remember and I'm like why is the gun not going off what are we mm -hmm. doing? and then they just walk off and I'm beside myself internally like oh my god we actually got the birds to come in and then he was explaining it to me like you know that I, I couldn't see this is all afterwards so those birds walk off and I'm like oh hell no like we're going to we're going to give it every chance we can. So I start getting aggressive and I'm like 20, 30 yards behind him and his buddy, his buddy's filming him. And, and I just start cutting and then he cuts back and I cut him off 
And those birds went ape shit and came right back in and he shot one. And, and so we had three birds down before noon. His other buddy killed right off the roost. So technically four down opening day in Indiana. So then the fo- that, that weekend, Ohio opens up. Mm-hmm. And I killed a, or uh, it was actually, I'm sorry. The, the previous weekend, I think, is when Ohio opened yeah. up. And then that weekend, I had some permission property that had kind of got, like, bumped seniority-wise, I guess. Normally, they would you know, tell everybody else no because they let a decent amount of people hunt. And they let some other people come in before me. And I was kind of, like, ready to jump off a cliff. Like, damn, man, like, I don't deer hunt much here anymore now that I do public. But... I could always count on a bird, you know, so it was kind of rough. Well, they did the youth season and then they did, you know, opening week. And I'm like, damn, man, this place has probably been pressured. I called him up and was like, hey, anybody kill anything? He's like, no. And I'm like, mind if I come over tomorrow? No, go ahead. I rolled. I, I went there that evening and roosted a bird and went and killed him off the roost the next morning. And was like, okay, here we go. <laughs> All right. So, uh, you know, we're two birds down, one one in Indiana and one in, or sorry, three birds down. Uh, one in Kentucky, one in Indiana, and one in Ohio. And I'm thinking, mm, that's good enough. Well, I think it was like maybe the next day or the next weekend or something. I forget. I think it was, it was the next day. Uh, yeah. It was the next day. I was like, I just want to go one more time just to hear some gobbles. Like, I'm probably not, you know, odds are I'm not going to kill a turkey this morning. Pretty good, good chance that I don't kill. But I really would like to hear some gobbles just one more time. And then I can say, okay, now my season's over. And maybe I'll get to see one strut or something in a pasture field. So I, I messaged Bruce. He gave me the go ahead. I went down there. And I heard this bird gobbling. I'm like, man, you should not gobble there. Don't gobble there, dude. That's like, you'd better fly downhill. <laughs> come up here. You are screwed. Sure as shit, man. He hits the ground like right below his roost. Then I hear another bird come in to the ridge top. A hen starts coming up. I'm like, okay, this is like, I'm going to be flabbergasted if I don't kill a bird this morning. And... That hen came up, and she was an irregularly mouthy hen. I'll never forget that. And I talked so much shit to her, and she came right in with, like, three other hens and dragging him right behind her. And I had decoys this time, so it was a little easier to get their attention. He came in at, like, 12 yards, and I blasted him on film, which was really cool. So finished my turkey season with four birds, got to spend time with some of my favorite bros, uh, turkey hunting each of you killed a bird while you were with me so that was cool um and just an overall amazing spring experience in general hey guys rick here from the mobile hunter podcast and i'm here to tell you about one of our sponsors saddies llc custom ammunition and gun works aaron satterfield and his family have been turning out some awesome game loads that have been putting down deer waterfowl and turkey all year long The Saddies Fatty, the turkey load that we use, can stop a bird dead in its tracks. 
Check them out at saddiesllc.com. That's S-A-T-T-I-E-S-L-L-C.com. Or on Facebook at Saddies LLC. And tell them the Mobile Hunter Podcast sent you. So we roll into the summer. I go to Missouri and Illinois with my father-in-law and scout. Um, I scouted Ohio a bunch more. Um, and then we did the expos, which were, you know, just a, a phenomenal success in my opinion. Um, we ended up adding some things that I'll talk about to our arsenal that I think were fairly important. Um, the e-bike addition Mm -hmm. was phenomenal. We were able to scout multiple areas in like one fifth the time which was huge. And it's, it's one of those things where you're like, you're trying to get to a spot to scout it. And I'm not trying to do that when I'm hunting for the most part. It's just like, okay, like, do you want to spend all your day to go check, you know, two cams or do you want to run five in a quarter of the time and go back and be with your family for the second half of the day or something? So that was phenomenal. We ended up picking up some uh, new canoe kayaks with some nice seats and motors and stuff. Awesome organization. I feel like that for me, that was a huge part of what we're about to talk about. Yeah. Uh, being able to access water. So, um, which shout out to raccoon Creek, by the way, they really hooked us up there and, and we were at like, I don't know a lot about electrical stuff and all that. And so I was like, listen, here's what I want just make it happen. And they did, they did a phenomenal job. So check those guys out if you're looking for them and you're in West Virginia or Ohio. So we roll in. Uh, I got my ass kicked in Tennessee. I drove seven and a half hours through the night, slept for a couple hours in my truck, woke up, made it by daylight to my spot in Tennessee. Um, glassed up a buck immediately that I would shoot all day, every day out of state anywhere was like, okay, this is perfect. I come back a week later and um, the fog rolled in and I couldn't see past like 70 yards. So I ended up getting my ass kicked in Tennessee, but it was awesome because I got to spend a lot of time in camp, which is always fun. Uh, got to see Jacob Emery shoot possibly his smallest deer, which was hilarious. <laughs> I'm still like laughing over how small it actually was. And then uh, Stuart Keene killed an absolute stud uh, on the last day, actually, or second to last day. I'm sorry, but it was funny because it like cooled way down and like we're all jacked about it. And then he puts that deer down and it's like one of those bro time late pack outs like me and Josh had in Kentucky. It was phenomenal. Um Come back home, me and Josh get our asses handed to us in Kentucky, which was always a blast. Mm -hmm. Um, I should probably add that I almost died in Kentucky, Uh, hiked up over a mountain and got to the other side and had like a sugar crash, low sodium, heat Heat stroke. And yeah, like all that in one. Uh, My arms weren't working. Um, my teeth were like vibrating and shit. It was, it was weird. Uh, but here I am, I'm alive. Um, was also <laughs> trying to access a parcel on the e-bike down an abandoned railroad track and I'm flying down the railroad track and I see that the tracks are missing from a certain location where there's like 
15 feet of dirt missing underneath there. It's like a big washout. And uh, basically was able to stop my e-bike like 18 inches before I was going to go face first either into the ground uh, 15 feet below or I would kind of, you know, depending on how fast I was going, if I don't see it at all, the front of my bike's going to catch the other side of the railroad tracks and then I'm just going to face first right into the railroad tracks. So um, either way, it was going to probably be pretty rough if I survived it because not exactly wearing a helmet. But uh, so those were my near-death experiences. Um, got kind of whipped in Kentucky. Uh, opening day, I'm feeling really confident about. And then I get to opening morning and kayak past some guys who are trying to access, you know, a similar spot or whatever that I am. And um, they just followed right behind me and set up like 40 or 50 yards away. Well, what I didn't know is this they, is Ohio, by the way. This is Ohio. Yeah. And they had hung preset stands. And I'm like, oh, you know, like they left and I walked around, scouted and was like, oh, well, that's why they know. So I don't want to make it sound like they purposely sat that close to me, but I was still a little, little miffed, we'll call it. But um, I passed up shooting a deer that evening, could have killed some does and stuff. And I thought, you know what, my buddy Matt hasn't killed a deer in a minute and it's kind of had a struggle here the last couple years really i'm going to invite him back here tomorrow and i'm i'm going to put him right here and he's going to kill a deer oh sure as shit i wasn't gone long and he sends me a text of an arrow you know a luminock or whatever a lit knock in the ground i'm like awesome then he's talking about like how unsure he is of the shot and all that i'm like oh shit we've the deer went 65 yards and tipped over so he kills that deer uh i ruled out my opening day spot and then another spot where i'd had an encounter with my number one buck and then i go back to the drawing board look at some maps and i'm like okay how could i avoid these people if i were a deer picked a spot on a map that i felt confident in went in painted up was super confident and I get an encounter with a big eight, about 140 inches or so. Could be 138, 141, who knows. But uh, he strolled in like it was November 10th. And I missed him like an idiot. That was the theme of my year, really, is missed opportunities. But turns out that's the best miss I have ever had in my life. So I put the bow down, basically. I, I took it with me, but I, I basically told my wife, just off work at one point, and I was like, hey, I'm going to go hunting tomorrow, but really, it's going to be scouting. I'll probably be home early. I ended up sitting that evening like an idiot. I shouldn't have, but um, I had to because I went scouting and looked in some places I hadn't really looked a lot and found a grove of red oaks raining, and up above them, um, I found a hell of a scrape under a lone beech tree, and I sat it, didn't see you know, anything but a small buck that evening and some does, a bunch of does, and uh, hung a camera on it five days later, had a mega giant show up. 20 days later, I made the right moves and got him killed. Mm -hmm. Ended up going 172 inches, 
even as a 14 pointer. My second booner, uh, I call him a boner, B-O-W-N-E-R. So very next weekend, I e-scouted a spot uh, back in the summer in Kentucky, felt confident in it, went in, scouted it, found some great sign. I went in there opening day of Kentucky rifle with the intentions of going somewhere else, but uh, with my rifle, I was headed to a bow only spot. I couldn't access it. So I, I couldn't do what I wanted. So I ended up taking the rifle and going to this other spot. And I think it was like a half hour in I shot this deer. It was a deer. I, you know, you could say I shouldn't have shot it. I should have taken my time and studied the deer better situation was I had a big buck, probably 135, 130 or 140 inch, uh, eight. Uh, he might've been 10. I don't know, but I, I'm pretty sure he was an eight. Uh, he came in chasing a doe, chased her into some, a thicket basically. Well, the doe came running back out and I seen antlers coming behind her. So I just immediately was like, okay, like you're dead. And I'm literally, she crosses in front of me in this like swampy area i'm like okay like i didn't even look at him i'm looking at the swampy spot and i glance over and here he comes and i just set my crosshairs where i felt like he was going to cross dude got in the crosshairs and i let her rip and i'll never forget sitting there thinking man i like did you really just do that like did we wow holy shit chris and then i get down and i walk all the way around and I start finding blood. I'm like, oh, you're dead. Oh, my God. I just got my first true, you know, high-powered rifle kill. I walk up, and it's a half-rack. Like, I don't even know if it was like <laughs> I think it was like a 60-inch deer or something, but not even that because it had a half-rack. And I was like, what an idiot. So, But at the same rate, like, I'm proud of the deer, proud of the scouting, proud of the shot, all that quick death dead in seconds and i'm not going to dishonor the animal because i'm grateful for the meat and the experience but i was pissed at myself for you know taking that life because that deer could have been a, a stud the following year you know i wish i would have waited and been more uh you know like uh, meticulous about checking the deer over and everything um ended up doing a deer camp with uh southern outdoorsman here recently in alabama um it was cool to get my ass whipped again by the gray coats. You get one win, guys. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, that was a seriously tough hunt. Um, they make it sound like they got a bunch of deer, and they probably do at the beginning of the season. <laughs> You're hunting for like almost four months and with rifles for three months and all that, and they've got like a rifle hunt where we were before we showed up. Like... The rut is completely different from the Midwest. It's nothing like here. Um, it's not as intense. The sign isn't intense. The action isn't what we experience here generally um, from young or old deer. Like it's, it's very weird. It's very like light, you know, the testosterone, in my opinion, the testosterone levels are way, way lower down there because of how much they're stressed. Basically, that's my theory, but uh, it was cool. I got to make, uh, meet Greg Mayer from uh, 
Meadow Creek Mounts, uh, got to meet Miles Peak and Trevor Peak, who's a professional UFC fighter, actually. Super cool. Like, you'd expect a pro fighter to not give a shit about you and to, like, not be down to earth. Most humble guy you could ever meet. Super cool dude. Um, got to hang out with Shane Parker and Jacob from the Southern Outdoorsman and just, you know, Seth Johnson. Bunch, bunch of cool guys, man. I don't mean to be, like, a name dropper, but... Um, just a really, really cool camp. Got to meet a guy that I had never met before, by the way. Um, and shit, now I'm having a brain fart. Uh, Michael Pike. Yeah. Uh, I actually told him the story about how I used to argue with Josh that he didn't exist and that he wasn't like a part of the podcast. <laughs> ain't no damn Michael Pike. And then I was like, yeah, I just started listening to the podcast at a weird time. But, um, you know, that was, that was a fun experience still, and I learned – a lot, uh, both about doing better in camp, but also, you know, a different region and how tough it really can be no matter where you go. Um, so I had a great year, super thankful for all the support we we've received in, in, uh, 20 or 2023, you know, with the podcast, the, the Facebook groups and the, the YouTube channel and the expo and all that. Um, I would say my goals, honestly, for 2024 obviously when we want to grow all of our you know the podcast and youtube channel and the expo right um spend more time with people at the expo for sure um obviously learn a bunch more with scouting and you know turkeys and deer in general maybe a little fishing um i also would like so a couple i'd like to see rick kill like a pretty good deer um don't really care if it's public or private, but it would be cool to see him kill a really good deer this year. Like I'm talking like a Pope and young or better. We'll call yeah, it. That's yeah. a, I think that's a reasonable goal, but also one that isn't like where somebody can just go do it. Um, so it'd be something to be pretty damn proud of. Uh, I'm going to talk to God a lot and see if he'll let Tyler Sparks kill a buck. <laughs> um, i'm gonna need to put in a lot of words uh, but honestly just spend more time at these shows and everything talking with people both you know guests and um our guest speakers and uh i, I want more deer camps as well like like to me don't get me wrong the big deer i killed really cool won't deny it super cool super unique the scouting and like my best memories are looking for that deer with josh freaking dragging it with matt getting him out scouting my way in like it got a lot of attention and that's cool i'm not gonna like downplay that because i'd be a liar if i said it wasn't cool but I still want to be the same guy who wants to kill a respectable, mature deer on public land in very few sits, possibly one or two, and move on to the next state and enjoy hunting camps with buddies. Because the hunting camps really, like, those, I think they're making a comeback now. I think archery guys are figuring that shit out and realizing, like, you know, we, we went away from, like, the firearm aspect and all the gun camps and everybody wanted everything to their, themselves. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, this is cool, but 
you have a few buddies to sip bourbon with and eat the most delicious cheddar and jalapeno infused <laughs> beer hot dogs in the world, uh, by the way, from neighbors down south. But, um, you know, just sharing all those experiences, going out with Matt, John, and Josh to Nebraska last year. Well, 2022. Two years ago, yeah. Yeah, like just all the, you know, Kentucky with Josh. Me and Josh have done some cool shit. Me and Josh, don't screw with us. We will camp <laughs> on your ass. We will camp in the back or the bed of a truck just to beat you to the damn spot. <laughs> so it's just something that's really cool. And, you know, that's probably one of my favorite memories for, for the entire year. All right. We're going to be at this popular WMA at night. It was cold. We camped anyway. And then we woke up. What time we wake up? Like 3.30 or something? 3.30 is when you told me the alarms went off. It was early. 3.30 in the morning. I was sitting in my spot and had napped for 45 minutes before I heard somebody pull in. Like, we weren't screwing around. Those memories, though, like looking up at the night sky that night and everything and then seeing it the next morning, like stuff like that. I mean, you can't touch that, you know, sharing moments with buddies and, and a whole camp of people sharing a campfire or a lack of campfire when you're with Jacob Myers and the South <laughs> or every piece of wood is waterlogged. I mean, just super fun. So uh, those are the goals for me. What are your guys' goals? Josh, go ahead. Uh, I, I think I hit on some of them, <clears throat> but Going along the lines with kind of what you just said, Chris, uh, I, one of my goals is definitely to kind of experience more camps with buddies, uh, more hunts with, with different guys, just because it's just a cool experience. It just adds to the memory. And it's, I don't know, I got to share that camp with Tyler Wessel when we went turkey hunting. Uh, I got to share camps with you, Chris, and I don't know, it's just and it just really adds to the memory. It's, yeah. it's, it's just something I want to experience more. Yeah. Um, so that's a goal. And then uh, I'd like to obviously improve my numbers. Um, I, I, I would really like to try and pull off another turkey year like I had this past season. Uh, be a good and, one. Yes. Yeah. And potentially add another state. We shall see. Um. And then my goal is still two bucks for the 2024 season. I'm going to try and um, scouting goal. I want to hit over 100 miles. I'd like to hit over 100 miles scouting um, and really learn from my mistakes this past season in Kentucky and then hone in on a deer or a couple deer and and really focus on them. Um, And then that new place I went to in Ohio this, this past season and killed uh, I definitely want to learn more in that area because I still have some cameras out and I know there's some other deer in the area. Um, so I think I'm going to hone in on that a little bit more and break it down with, with the scouting and hunt a couple or look into a couple different uh, spots on this WMA um, and, and probably focus on that. It's exciting to me that you went there in year one. You'd never hunted there. No. In year one, you got a, a nice buck. And the thing that I can't stress enough Like, you start dialing spots in, I'm not going to call it easy because stuff happens, right? But 
you start to become extremely efficient. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Phenomenal. Rickles? Um, so I've got a few. Uh first one is coming up soon, spring. I want to get it, I want to get a bird in Ohio and Kentucky this year. I've got a spot. Um, when I deer hunted this fall, I found a massive amount of turkeys. Uh, and I feel like I've got a pretty good shot. And if I don't get one there, I said I want to go back to this place that I hunted as a kid, uh, where I, I remember shooting and missing my very first turkey. Um, it was a lot of walking, but it was it was such a fun hunt. It was my first ever turkey camp that I ever did with my dad, my brother, and uh, a, a family friend and his son. And I'd really like to do that. Uh, I want to get my son a bird, just like I did last year. I, I think that's important. I think he's happy with one bird, which, again, if we get a bird down opening weekend for Kentucky for kids, you know, that means dad gets to hunt a little bit longer uh, for himself, yes. which is always a good thing. Uh, so, so that, that's, that's spring goals, uh, summer. I'd like to see the expo grow. I want to be able to have the show be what we, what we hope that it will be and, and get it, get it to be where we can actually walk around and interact with people instead of running around like chickens with our heads cut off and, and, uh, actually get to see and talk to people, you know, I think Shane Parker was at the expo, the Southern expo and, uh, never got to see him, never never got to talk to him and we were probably within 10 feet of each other the entire time, but I was trying to get stuff done. Um, almost the entire time scouting wise, I've already got my first trip planned for the year and I'm excited about it. I'm going to go, uh, start hitting that same piece of public, look at some things differently that I hadn't looked at previously. I'd like to get, you know, a, a decent amount of, uh, of hours logged in Ohio and Kentucky, just for the fact that in Kentucky, I, you know, I've got a I've got a layup piece is what I really like to call it across the road from me. I know I can go there. I know I can sit. I know I'm going to shoot a deer. Like it, whether it's a doe or a buck, I know I'm going to shoot a deer, and I can always do that. At the end of November, there's a deer there every time I've went there and sat uh, the day after Thanksgiving or right around that time. And then I I want I want to kill a buck. Uh, uh, you know, you and I have talked about this. I'm looking at four deer skulls here right now, and none of them are over 120 inches. And I think that's a, you know, it's a reasonable goal. I don't I don't yeah. feel like it's unreasonable. It's just going to take time and scouting and hours and time in the woods. And yep. <clears throat> luckily, with you know, I've told you, Josh, you and Josh, and anyone else who's listening to this is going to hear it now. Um, I'm switching jobs, so I have will hopefully have more availability to be able to go. Yes. do some things like this which will be which will be a really nice change uh you know getting to spend more time with family and and things of that nature and because i didn't do it last year and i need to do it this year i need to hunt out of a saddle at least once uh preferably a gun hunt and um my largest goal and i i will say this and this is something i keep going back to and it should be a goal of everybody every year in my opinion is making sure your equipment's appropriate and making sure your equipment's what you need. Um, you know, I didn't say say it when we were talking about year and cap, but I almost had a bow blow up on me uh, during deer camp, and I, right. I've got it. I've got a new bow now. Uh, I'm happy about that. And <laughs> Jeff Dennis is going to do some work on it for me. We need to get new strings and cables on it, but I'm excited about it. I'm excited to get a new bow that is. It's new to me, but it's, you know, it was somebody else's before that, just like my other bow. And 
Uh, shout out to Matthews. I will say this. Shout out to Matthews Bose for having one of the single best <laughs> uh, warranties ever on your Outback where you get lifetime limbs so long as you are the original owner of the bow, which Damn. my dad was. Yeah. So it's currently being fixed right now. Wow. At, at a Matthews dealer. I just have to pay for labor, which is, you know, I'm, I've got that bow back and maybe, you know, if I, if I do well enough, I try turkey hunting in the fall with a bow and I've used that as, you know, Derek, I mean, I almost had one this year. Like Derek Craig told us to have two different bows for turkeys, one for deer, one for, one for deer or one for deer and one for turkey. So I'm, I'm, I'm at that point and making sure, you know, we talked about the gun earlier, making sure that I'm not doing dumb shit and knocking my sights out of out of focus you know the, that's yeah. th- those, those are my big things and you know i don't feel like they're you know massively lofty goals but it's good to have reasonable goals that you can achieve and that you know you can take a step up from next year i mean i know i'm not going to walk into the woods and you know there's not 180s crouching behind every tree uh but you know it it's you know, my goal always at the end of the year is to have a freezer full of meat, and that's what I've got. So yeah, the I will hit on another thing too. I, I kind of got like all my selfish goals in there, and and this one probably is still a little selfish, but um, last year, last turkey season, actually, my father-in-law killed a bird because of her. Uh, I went to some public land with my little girl, Colleen who at the time was about three and a half. And I was trying to get some birds to gobble and I couldn't. And she mimicked me and it wasn't anything you'd ever, is like me going, hoo, 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 hoo. But because it was different or a different frequency or whatever, a damn turkey gobbled. After I couldn't get him to gobble, she got him to gobble. And then we went in and the next morning, my father-in-law killed a bird. And then I think like, I don't know if it was that evening or the next day or whatever it was. Jeff Dennis killed another one of them. Mm-hmm. So it was really cool watching her face when that turkey gobbled and then watching her reaction when we, because I was filming it, just filming her. I did not expect turkey to gobble. And so my goal for this upcoming year is not only to get her out, of course, and maybe even Cora, who's going to be 10. But my little boy is literally tiny Chris and <laughs> loves all things deer, turkeys, ducks. I'm convinced he's going to be a damn farmer because he's just obsessed with farm animals and everything. And I can't wait to take that kid out and let him hear a damn turkey gobble for the first time. And just I'll probably be hearing about turkeys after that a lot. More so, than likely. Super, super excited if he's obsessive and like got tunnel vision like daddy then he's just gonna be talking <laughs> about turkeys for the rest of his life so but uh anyways uh, you know from what i can think of those are those are my goals and your guys uh anything we want to hit on before we before we bounce i kind of figured we might hit on what everyone can expect um kind of going forward into the new year the 2024 not just from podcasts, but from the YouTube and the expos, kind of what's come, what's coming down the pipeline, so to speak. 
All right, so I'm probably going to get yelled at and get this a little wrong, but um, we intend to bring you guys some seriously next-level podcasts. We, we tried before, but um, we're going to really dive deep. Um, scouting season, you're going to get scouting podcasts and so on. Turkey season, you'll get turkey podcasts. Go ahead and say what you got to say, Rick. So it, it's best to go about it this way so it doesn't sound as static or as stagnant. If you listened last week, you know that we've already started a series called Adventures of a Mobile Hunter. And part of that is different series that each one of us are doing to go in-depth in scouting and give you an idea of how to look at areas very differently Josh is going to be doing a different series. I'm going to be doing a different series, but it's all in kind of this idea of adventures of a mobile hunter to make you be a, a more effective hunter, woodsman, and student of the outdoors. Uh, we've, we've talked about this for years that we needed to do something like this, and it's not something that you hear about it in some podcasts, but the big things moving forward are we're hoping to do one of these you know, every other month or every month, give you a different series so you can kind of listen and dive a little bit more deeper into a specific subject. More deeper. There, you heard it here first. Uh, <laughs> the other thing we want to do is is try to do like a little, um, you know, Latitude called it like their speed series. Uh, me and Josh were thinking about just taking 20 or 30 minutes and picking a subject and talking about it. And bringing you an extra episode each week. Um, and then as far as the YouTube channel goes, we're about to absolutely hammer out some hunts and gear videos. And just really be a lot better about being consistent with that. Um, the other thing that we're going to add to that, that I think will probably blow everything else out of the water because of how mind-melting it is. Or scouting videos. Mm -hmm. um, we want to kind of take you along with us and show you what we've been fortunate enough to learn. What you know, maybe we sound like we're pros or we think we're pros or whatever it is. But the fact of the matter is, is we've been blessed with a lot of people in our circle that have showed us a lot of this and relayed us the correct information. So it didn't take a decade or two or our whole lives to learn it. We're we're kind of on a fast track, if you will. So. Um, we want to show you a bunch of scouting videos um, and, and just little different tips and tricks. Um, as far as the expo goes, you can expect three shows in Dalton, Georgia in June, and then Kalamazoo, Michigan in July, and Mannheim, PA, which is basically Lancaster, PA, in mid-August. We're going to have an amazing freaking year. And then after that, we're just going to go on a killing spree. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think we're... That's the hope. Yes. I don't we're... know. We're done with that shit two years ago. We kill. <laughs> we kill. We I'm kill. sorry. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're nailing stuff down for the Expos as we speak. Um, we've kind of secured a few sponsors. Uh, still working on some others. <clears throat> so we'll make that announcement at some point here soon. Uh, once we nail down some details with everyone, do we want to do we want to talk about like one guest speaker from from each show? No, Rick's saying no. Rick's no. saying no. Yeah, Rick, we, we're we're gonna have some wait. Speakers. Make the people wait. <laughs> okay. 
And now nobody listens to us at all. All seven people are gone. <laughs> yeah, I would I would say the speaker lineup for the Southern show is pretty much done, right? It is done. It yeah. is done. We have two um, to go for the Northeast show. Okay. And four for the North. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're gonna have <clears throat> uh, last year. Um, we, as the the people that attended the shows, we had kind of a a round table discussion on that Friday and then individual seminars on Saturday and then nothing on Sunday. This year we're going to add Sunday speakers. Yep. Um, and it'll be different speakers than what are on Saturday. And Michigan very well could be a huge deer camp. Basically we're thinking about just getting everybody to camp that weekend like the guest speakers and everything. So that could be a blast. Yeah. And we've also talked about having a bow shoot there. Yes. Yes. So, so a lot of cool of stuff in the coming. works, guys. Yeah. Lots of cool things coming. Well, Rick, how would you like to take us home for the first time as the mobile hunter? Pod- <laughs> uh guys if you have the ability uh to get somebody out in the outdoors please do so this is a great time to start looking uh at upcoming scouting trips and get people involved early and often for chris leppert josh luck i am rick case one of your hosts and this has been the mobile hunter podcast guys have a wonderful evening bye see ya see ya